John. Fourteen. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And personally, I'm glad that Disney chose The Jungle Book as the one of Rudyard Kipling's works to be animated into a musical. Other contenders included Ricky Ticky Tabby, The Phantom Rickshaw, and The White Man's Burden. Good call, Disney. I was all ready to talk about Chicago train yards. Nothing? No. No. All right. I, I will I like say turtles. this is definitely one of the rare instances of classic Disney movies making an adaptation that is way less racist than the original. Okay, then. So The Jungle Book. Indeed. <laughs> We're going over the 1967 one and the 2000, this was this year, 2016 one, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this came out uh, in the spring of this year. Awesome. So if you're, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to, trying to pass something on to you here. I got nothing, man. Just <laughs> say the list. Well, if you've got nothing and you'd like to fill that silence, you can always check out the uh podcast collective where you can find such shows as the bad parenting podcast on the block no hope for humanity the coffin joe cast the sunshine happy pants hour dating baggage the internet with scott the pool boy i am salt lake mint and box cast tales from the hard side the dog and deuce show the empty rant podcast the portland beer club podcast in one day radio and the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Wait, have we gained two? I know the Portland Beer Club was last week, and in one day radio, that joined also? Yep, two new shows this week. Oh, very nice. Nice. And I'm holding holding to it. I still have not listened to the internet with Scott the Pool Boy. Now it's just more of a challenge. Yeah. Well, Pulling an enemy loss. So if you're uh, looking for our older stuff, you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. Or you can give us a call at uh, 708-NOW-RAP, 708-669-9727. So, uh, a c- couple people did that this week. Yeah, we got ourselves some voicemails. Uh, one specifically from uh, Slacker. Oh, yeah, that's the one you screened. Yep. Hey, guys. It's Slacker. I'm a... Uh driving along listening to your Journey to the Center of the Earth episode, and that's always a great episode, but I just want to say, whichever one of you brought up the term, or the, brought up the movie Mysterious Island and mentioned giant bees, fuck you. Thank you for remember, making me remember one of the most terrifying movies of my childhood. To this fucking day, I am still scared of bees. I don't care if they're little, big, giant, or otherwise. And ooh, don't even get me started on fucking hornets. But thank you so much for bringing that up. God damn, my skin's crawling. Anyway, you guys have a lovely episode. Thank you. Oh, I'm with you on that, Slacker. There are very, very few things that terrify me as much as bees or wasps. Now, did you guys watch the video that I sent you guys? Yeah. With the giant bees lock, you know, waxing up the... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what that was for. Now you do. Yeah, I get it now. I have never in my life been stung by anything. Really? Yep. Except the love bug. Like I said, I've never been stung by anything. Man stung <laughs> to death by scorpions. Details on Saturday. <laughs> all right. Looks like. Well, you know, honestly, I those those styles of movies. I used to watch those all the time when I was a kid. And that I agree with you. That was friggin' terrifying because it was a Ray Harryhausen style of stop motion animation. So it was like a you know big old B model, and then they put them in those little cells what are the is that is that what it's called in a beehive 
honeycomb. A honeycomb? What is it? It's it's a cell in a honeycomb, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's then, big. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they get waxed in there, and <laughs> it's not small. It's big. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. We also got another another voicemail. I didn't screen this one. All right. Let's see what this is. This is Miss Gonzalez. I'm looking for Adam Atkinson. Uh, Mr. Adam Atkinson, I do need a return phone call at the contact number of 773-932-50. Let's not put that on there. I don't know. I think it's anybody looking for... <laughs> Adam, if you're listening, Mrs. Gonzalez is trying to get a hold of you. <laughs> she doesn't pay te- attention to voicemail messages. I'm almost tempted to leave that number on there just so go get her. <laughs> I have never had so many Peter Atkinsons call me back. Adam. Whatever. Jimmy. You know what I'm talking about. Open at them. But Peter Atkinson would be a different call altogether. Yeah. Rowan Atkinson would be a way different call. <laughs> we also got a message on the Facebook page from Steve Bridges. Uh, he says, hey, whoever was designated overlord of the Facebook page, I listened to the Fullest House episode and an older show that Dave Coulier used to be on was mentioned that I remembered as well growing up watching Nickelodeon in its early days called Out of Control. That's the one Mike was talking about. Yeah. Um, the character was Diz McNally that was so poorly imitated. And he posted a video of her on YouTube. And she she did some other stuff also, but I can't remember what it was. So there's some some vindication for you, Mike. Well, I mean, not everything has to be... Somebody's backing you up that you're not full of shit on one thing. (laughs) Hey, I back myself up on my basic math video game, and I still got shit from you guys. (laughs) Math. You can't back back yourself up. That's like using a word to define itself. You can't can't vouch for yourself. I can vouch for myself. I can? I had a picture. No. I got to change my resume. (laughs) (laughs) References, see above... (laughs) Yes, thank you. And now, it's about that time. Yes, it is. This week in music, movies, and TV. That's kind of half-assed, apparently. Yeah. Well, we're used to it, so it's cool. And sports. So this weekend is December 7th, 1967, the 26th anniversary of the Pearl Harbor attack. What? Way to keep things light, Patrick. <laughs> what does that have to do with the Jungle Book? Nothing at all. That was when the Jungle Book was released. It just happened to also coincide with the 26th anniversary. Yeah, wow. and, and my uh, wedding anniversary. Holy shit, you've been, been married for a instead. long time. <laughs> yeah, not 1967. <laughs> Like, it was a prearranged marriage. Was married as a sperm. Um, <laughs> on that note, music, Joel. Yeah. All right. Music. Where'd it go? Daydream Believer oh, by the. <laughs> I had accidentally scrolled up to. Never mind. And you were trying to stall, and that's what that that was. That's what stalling was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Turn into <laughs> Scatman Brothers when you're trying. Okay. <laughs> Slap into a Slim Jim. He turns into Little Joel when he's like trying to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Daydream Believer by the Monkees is the number one song in the land. That is a great song. It's got to be. It might be my favorite Monkey song. It's a good song. It is. I like Last Train to Clarksville. Oh, that's a good one, too. Um, uh, I don't know. Monkey's songs. We had the album. I, uh,. I used to watch that show pretty regularly. Oh, you know what? 
uh, honestly, my favorite monkey song, probably Pleasant Valley Sunday. That's a good one, too. They were they were actually, I think, they got a lot of shit, but they were pretty talented still. They were a big influence on the Beatles. Patrick. Uh, Smart and smarter. I'm, on December 7th, I'm, Otis Redding recorded well, <laughs> sitting good. on the dock of the bay who's, for the final time. Whose tongue would you bite? You would be surprised. No, no I wouldn't. Keep it going. <sighs> on December 7th, Otis Redding records sitting on the dock of the bay for the final time, days before his death in a plane crash on December 10th. The song becomes the first posthumous number one song in America. I did not know that. That's sad. That's a great song, and what a man that does put a whole new spin on the song. Yeah, recorded three days before his death. Right. Wow. Um, on December third, really? Nope. No, no, none of us wow. knew that. I'm sad now. Yeah, I thought that was standard knowledge. Yeah, learning yeah. something. Yeah, all Stop that it. and Pearl Harbor. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> Bees. On December 3rd, while at rehearsal at, for a concert for Peace in Jamaica, Bob Marley was shot in the arm during a large-scale yet amateur assassination attempt. The bullet, which would have hit his heart if not for the bodyguard shoving him out of the way, was never removed. Now, what kind hmm. of fucker tries to assassinate Bob Marley? Seriously. Political shit, because he was for peace, and you know the people that were trying to create civil war were not uh, behind that at all. Uh, I suppose a bullet is the antidote to peace. Yep. Well, and the guy wasn't very irie, so, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, Jamaican joke. On December 10th, Jim Morrison was arrested during a performance in New he's, Haven, Connecticut. He's over there, Jamaican jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that was funnier than Joel. That was better than Joel's. <laughs> that was a joke better than Joel's. Everybody drink. <laughs> At this rate. On December 10th, Jim Morrison was arrested during a performance in New Haven, Connecticut for inciting a riot. Morrison and a woman were backstage making out in a shower stall before the concert, and a cop saw them and told them to leave. He refused and then was maced by the cop, who later apologized when he found out Morrison was lead singer of The Doors. On stage, he launched into a diatribe against the cop, calling him a little blue man in a little blue hat. After saying that, the little blue pig maced him, and that, and that, that'll do it to you? They'll do it to you. Sock it to me. Uh, yeah, the quotes. little blue pig maced me, and they'll do it to you. Yeah, those are quotes. Yeah. Aha. The police rushed the stage and arrested Morrison, <laughs> charging him for inciting a riot, public obscenity, and indecency. All of which were probably correct, because he had no pants on the entire time he made this speech. Likely. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Moving on to movies. Uh, knocking off the Jungle Book this week, we have the number one movie in the land, which is the acronym of the week, GWCTD, which, of course, is Grandma Wants Corn Cobs to Diddle. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they were for? Yes. I, for diddling. Oh. I, for, <laughs> we, we broke Mike. For some reason, I'm seeing this movie being played for the entire time it's got to have the Benny Hill... Uh, <laughs> what is it actually, Pat? Uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Oh, you were close. Yikes. He was close. Josh was close. <laughs> Everybody drink. All right. Uh, Irving Larheim was a sta- actor, stage and film, and comedian. He was well known for his explosive humor, but also oh. adapted well to dramatic roles in his work in burlesque, vaudeville, and on Broadway. His stage name was Bert Lahr, which might sound familiar as he was known for his role as the cowardly lion in The Wizard of Oz. Bert died of cancer on December 4th. 
Jesus. Okay. What are you trying to do to us, Pat? <laughs> Otis Redding, Pearl Harbor, the Cowardly Lion dies. And Mike, you know, every time you move your cursor over what I'm reading, Michael Teske jumps in front of what I'm trying to read. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I will put my cursor somewhere else then. Thank you. It's like Michael Teske was an actor of stage and film. No, wait a minute. <laughs> Monique uh, Angela Hicks, known professionally as Michael Teske. Wait. <laughs> known professionally as Monique is an American comedian and actress who was born on December 11th. She was in The Parkers, Fat Girls, and Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins. In 2009, she received the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for a role as the abusive Mary Lee Johnston in the film Precious. She died two weeks later. <laughs> That's not nope, true. she did not. She did not die yet. She did, she did she not die yet. yet. What? TV. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Andy Griffith Show, the Lucy Show, and Gomer Pyle USMC are the top shows in the land. There you go. Anybody, anybody surprised by that? They all died three weeks later. and then uh moving with nancy was a television special featuring nancy sinatra and a series of musical vignettes featuring herself and other artists originally broadcast on december 11th sinatra sang while driving down the highway strolling in the california countryside and aloft in a hot air balloon she performed duets with the guest stars she encountered along the way with no introductions or interstitial dialogue Unlike most musical productions of its time, with the numbers performed outdoors on locations instead of the usual stage-bound production filmed before a live audience, the general effect was of a dreamlike fantasy that flows from one location to the next, with segments resembling the latter and former of music videos. She was shot in the arm two days later. <laughs> By a bullet. resembling the later format of music videos. And then, as a result... <laughs> As a result Mike screwed of, up reading basic English words. Everybody drink. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm on it. Uh, I'm going to yeah. be very hydrated. I could imagine the pitch for that show. She's like, you know who I like? That Nancy Sinatra. I could pretty much watch her doing anything. That's it. I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have her do anything. <laughs> yeah. All right. And in result moving of with Nancy. moving with Nancy. And a result of Pearl Harbor, Jamie Foxx was born on December 13th. What? Yeah. What does that have to... What? If, I, if, I, if you have to ask, you don't know. Sports. Naeem Akhtar, born December 2nd in Punjab, is a former Pakistani right-handed batsman who bowled right-arm fast medium. He represented the main Rawalpindi team in first-class cricket from 1990-91 to 2003-2004 in 57 first-class matches. Akhtar was noted as a consistent all-rounder. With the bat, he scored 3,013 runs at a batting average of 21.99 with 10 half-centuries and two centuries, including his career-high score of 157. And with the ball, he took 322 wickets at an impressive bowling average of 21.46 with 17 five wicket hauls and 10 10 wicket haul and two 10 wicket hauls in a match one of which came when he took 10 wickets in a single inning against Penn Shawar despite Penn a Shawar. notable career in domestic cricket Michael Teske never <laughs> represented the Pakistani national cricket team then they died thanks actor never represented the Pakistani national cricket team there's a bunch of words about cricket everybody drink 
almost out of water. <sighs> Had to take a breath. Sorry. All right. Constantino Tino Martinez was born December 7th. He is an American former professional baseball player and hitting coach. Formerly a third baseman and first baseman, Martinez was the first-round draft pick for the Seattle Mariners in 1988. During his 16-year MLB career, he scored 1,008 runs, drove in 1,271 runs, and hit 339 home runs. He had 100 or more RBIs in six different seasons and was twice named to the All-Star team. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. And I understood most of that. Jeff George, NFL quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons and Oakland Raiders, was born December 8th. The Atlanta Falcons. Falcons. All right, then. That's this weekend. Kind of That's depressing. my favorite team, the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons <laughs> are your favorite team? Seriously? No, that's Simpsons reference. Oh. Well, all right, then. This weekend. All right. Womp womp. All right, cool. So, the Jungle Book. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> if you'd heard the conversation, you wouldn't want us to be back. The Jungle Book. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> after this weekend, my drink was empty. So, yeah, oh my god! So, the jungle book pouring out so much for everybody. Is that why? Yeah, he's got a lot of homies. Yep, Noah's rug is flammable. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means. Okay, so the <sighs> stories written by Rudyard Kipling were originally published in magazines. Between the time of uh, 1893 to 94. Uh, uh, the il- original publications contained illustrations by the author's father, John Lockwood Kipling. And uh, Rudyard Kipling was born in India and spent the si- first six years of his childhood there. And have, okay, have any of you guys read the actual Jungle Book? No. I've read portions of it, yes. Okay. So Josh knows. The movie itself is actually not, if you, if you pick up the Jungle Book, you're not going to get what you saw in the movie. You're going to get like little, um, like almost like Aesop's fables, but longer. Like little vignettes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a whole bunch of different stories. So the, I lo- I'm looking at the list of them here and from what I've seen, uh, the story Mowgli's brothers, a boy's raised by wolves in the jungle with the help of Baloo, the bear and Bagheera. He has to fight the tiger Shere Khan, uh, Kaz hunting, it takes place before Mowgli fights Shere Khan when he's abducted by the Bandar Bandarlogs. 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 Mon- I don't know what that is. Monkeys. Monkeys. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> Baloo and Bagheera set out to rescue him with the aid of Chil the kite and Ka the python. So in this original story, Ka is a friend, doesn't try to eat him. And then at the very end, there's Tiger Tiger, and Mowgli returns to the human village and is adopted, but he has trouble adjusting to human life, and Shere Khan still wants to kill him. Um, so the, basically the movie is taken out of portions of the first three stories of the actual Jungle Book, which also include, I don't know if any of you guys have seen Hanna-Barbera's The White Seal. No. 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 It was, yeah, they did that. And one of my favorite cartoons, Ricky Tiki Tavi. Again, done by Hanna-Barbera. Have you guys seen that? Yes. No. Okay. I've you, seen the Flintstones. That's you, by Hanna-Barbera. You haven't seen Ricky Tiki Tavi? Uh-uh. I've heard of it. Oh, you're missing out. It's good. Ricky Tiki Timbo? So basically, they, they wove together a bunch of little stories and made it into one big 
story. Yeah, well, I mean, there are seven stories in the Jungle Book itself, and they took, like, the first three and made a movie out of it. Um, this also includes uh, Tumaya the Elephants and Her Majesty's Servants are two of the other stories in there. But um, Kipling's... Which they turned into a James Bond film. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the actual Jungle Book, the stories were fairly dark. Uh, a lot of, uh, like, ma- man's relationship with the jungle and how dangerous each are to each other was one of the main themes. And that's what the Jungle Book originally was until uh, Walt Disney himself got involved and was just like, uh, we realize we're showing this to kids, right? Yeah. Let's put some songs in there. Yeah. Let's make it a little <laughs> bit lighter on the, on, the, on the eyes, too. I um, like what you have here, but let's make it less stabby. Yeah. Well, after all, we just lost a boatload of money on the sword and the stone. Yeah. Well, one of the other things is uh, Kipling's stories have also been uh, suggested to uh, mirror the political stance and things that were going on in India at the time. So that 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 was also during the time of the uh, British uh, occupation of India. So that was a you know a lot of that was taken out of it because if you notice, like Shere Khan. Uh, tends to have like a, a British type feel in the stories. I've read the books, um, so it's 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 pretty cool. But over the years, they've been adapted into books, movies, film, television, and even stage plays, uh, and sequels, and sequels. Yes, sequels also that includes yep. that. Um, the DC Comics Elseworlds Elseworlds story has one called Superman: The Feral Man of Steel, where Superman lands in the jungle and is raised by wolves. So that's pretty cool. So I just looked that up. Super Wolf then? No, he's still a man. <clears throat> he's Super Wolf Man. God damn it. <laughs> Did you have a question, Patrick? <laughs> I'm done. All right, <laughs> no, so. you're not. So also in – I don't know if you've uh, ever uh, seen or read any of the uh, Fable series of comics written by Bill Willingham, but Shere Khan is one of the main villains. Uh, Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard Book is inspired by The Jungle Book, where instead of being raised by wolves, the child is raised by the dead. Nice. Yeah. And uh, Robert Heinlein has actually said that he got his idea for the science fiction novel Stranger in a Strange Land by that. And initially they were talking about doing a he was him and his wife were discussing him writing a story about instead of a child raised by wolves, a child raised by aliens and then coming back to Earth. But uh that, how about a wolf raised by children? That's called a dog. Rekitikatai <laughs> Uh, if you haven't read Fables, uh, but you're into Telltale games, The Wolf Among Us is that same world. Although uh, Shere Khan does not appear in at least the first season of The Wolf Among Us. No. And if you want to read an, and on that same vein, if you want to read an amazing series of comics, the Fable series is just great. So, um, but yeah. So the movie, big, uh, according to. IMDb, Bagheera the Panther and Baloo the Bear have a difficult time trying to convince a boy to leave the jungle for human civilization. Eh. Way to water it down. Um, Basically it, I guess. I know. Yeah, that's that's a pretty... I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it was directed by Wolfgang Grutherman, who is known for directing such classics as The Rescuers, Robin Hood, 
the sword and the stone and portions of one of the sequences of Donald and Math of Magic Land. Never yeah, heard of and my shot at the sword in the stone, that's really why uh, Disney was so hands-on on this, is because the sword in the stone really lost Disney a pile of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was the last uh, of the Disney films that Walt Disney himself uh, <clears throat> was involved as producer because he died. Yeah, that's we're going to get to uh, that in the trivia. Before it was finished. But yeah, the um, this is also... The, the, the thing is, the sword in the stone has actually you know become a cult hit now i mean it's it's much more popular now than well in hindsight right yeah sure but it was just a box office bomb yep. yeah well robin hood didn't do too terrific either but i mean they where do you go after cinderella right right well this it's is hard to keep up that pace when that took five years to complete i believe mm-hmm. uh story written by larry clemens ralph wright ken anderson and vance jerry uh, right known for and th- Oh, I'm sorry, oh. go ahead. I was just going to say the reason why there are so many writing credits is because Disney personally fired half of them uh, when they refused to uh, change the story to make it less like the Kipling books and more like uh, a Disney movie, basically. Well, I mean, it's still it kind of the other thing about these writers is that they all have something. I mean, their background is like like before the rescuers, the um, Aristocats. I mean, these are these are the classic uh, Disney Disney writers, which is kind of sad that he wound up firing them all at one point or another. But uh, songs, seeing that this one's got some great music in it, uh, by the Sherman Brothers, which are known for "There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow" from the Carousel of Progress from uh, Disney World. Uh, also, the song for the Tiki 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 Room. From Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. <laughs> Have any has anyone besides me been in the Tiki Room before Disney ruined it? No. How long ago did they ruin it? Because I was there when I was a kid, and I was there when uh, uh, they made the Tiki Room. Uh, who is the parrot from Aladdin? Oh, yeah. Uh, they made it Iago's Tiki Room and had him like commenting snarkily on how cheesy the whole thing was. And basically everyone hated it. I, I believe it's shut down now. Yeah, it, I think it is. And I saw it beforehand because I was there when I was a kid. And I was there um, before they put Iago in there. I, <clears throat> but I'm a big fan of the Adventurer's Room. The Adventurer's, uh, if you like tiki things talking to you, the Adventurer's uh, uh, Lodge or something like that is a lot of fun too. Well, And the Pat Tiki Lodge, Room. Song of the th- what? Go ahead. I was going to say Pat like Song of the Southland. What? That's our Joel. All <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> Jesus, Joel. So, going down, Phil Harris played Baloo the Bear, uh, known for Aristocats, playing uh, Little John and Robin Hood. And the last thing he ever did was a narrator for the movie uh, Rocket Doodle in 1991. Yeah, he was actually offered the part of Baloo for Tailspin, but he was too old. So uh, the guy they had do Baloo basically did a Phil Harris impersonation. And did a good job of it, too. So, mm-hmm. And then Bagheera the Panther was by Sebastian Kabat, which uh, sort of in the stone narrator. Uh, let's see, the narrator for Many Adventures of Wendy the Pooh, Chris Kringle on a TV movie for Miracle on 34th Street. Um Lots of mm-hmm. lots of great credits to both these guys. 
uh, Bruce Reitherman as Mowgli the Man Cub, who, let's see, Christopher Robin mm-hmm. on the Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. A little nepotism there, huh? Well, they had they had good, they had a good bunch of people. Uh, also, George Sanders as Shere Khan the Tiger, as you would also remember from uh, if you've seen the movie All About Eve, or a picture of Dorian Gray, or in the TV series Batman, he played Mister Freeze. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Yep. So great huh. voice on this guy. Huh. Huh. <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> so Sterling <laughs> Sorry, it was my turn. <laughs> Kyle the Snake is played by Sterling Holloway, who you'll also know as the Cheshire Cat from uh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, and of course Winnie the Pooh. Like as soon as I saw Ka, I was like, that's the dude who voiced Winnie the Pooh. Yep. Yep. And my personal favorite, Louis Prima as King Louis of the Apes. Um, who is only really known for music, but uh, it it's just a great old school s- swing musician. Um, played with Keely Phillips in his act, which was a great great act. But we'll get to that later. Uh, Pat O'Malley as Colonel Hathaway, Kathy the Elephant, Verna Felton as I forgot. They only have her in here as Elephant. I can't remember what her Winifred Winifred the Elephant. Yes. Um, you'll know her, she, yeah, her as playing, um, Aunt Sarah and Flora and Fairy Godmother and Lady in the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella. So, and most recently she has been on Yo Gabba Gabba. So good for her. And I tossed this one in here also because Clint Howard did the voice of one of the elephants. Nice. Oh, he was a child star and it's, uh, Keely Smith. Keely Smith. Okay. Yeah. I got that wrong. Yeah. Sorry. He must have played the baby elephant then. <laughs> you think? That would have been about the right time, yeah. Yeah. Because um, he was doing Andy Griffith at that point. That's true. And then at the very end, uh, we've got John Abbott. Well, who wasn't doing Andy Griffith at that time? Oh, was, but Andy. <laughs> he was a big star is what I mean. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I thought of something else. And porn. So, also, <laughs> one of the wolves was also voiced by John Abbott. Uh, who played Manuel in Gigi, and as one of our previous shows, he was Emile Fournier in Gambit. Uh, also, way at the bottom of the cast list, uh, this is Ziggy, who I, I'm not even sure which one Ziggy was. I think that's another one of the elephants. I think he might have been, yeah. Um, was voiced by an actor named Digby Wolf. And I only point him out because going back to fables in The Wolf Among Us, the big bad wolf is like the focal central protagonist of fables. And he is mostly in human form as the sheriff of the land of fables. And he goes by the name of Digby Wolf. Huh. Or Bigby. Uh. Oh, that's right, Big B. You're yeah, right. Because it's big, yeah, Big Bad Wolf, so Big, big B, wolf. B Wolf. Yeah. Still, that's cool, oh. though. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a reference to the classic actor. Yeah, and then the last one, right before for uh, Digby, is um, Hal Smith, who played a slob elephant and a monkey, and you will know him as Philippe from Beauty and the Beast, Moe from American Tale, and what else? He also did Little Mermaid. He did a bunch of tons of voices. Um, G- uh, Gyro Gearloose and Flintheart Glomgold from DuckTales. I mean, he has been all over the place, including Sesame Street, where he played, ready for it, Elephant 
bear and ant. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. His name is Hal. I, I was with I you know. on that one. You got us a, a chuckle out of me instead of a that's our Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to trivia. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So this is the 19th animated feature in the animated canon and the last to be personally supervised by Walt Disney himself. It uh, was the first Disney film to be released after his death in 1966. Just poor, uh, He died just before the film's release. So, and according to Elsie Kipling Bainbridge, Rudyard Kipling's daughter, Mowgli is pronounced Mowgli, first syllable, no, yeah, Mow, yeah, Mowgli, first syllable rhymes with cow, not Mowgli, first syllable rhymes with go, and she reportedly never forgave Walt Disney for the gaffe, and apparently had nothing better to do. Yeah. Than, seriously. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're Rudyard Kipling's daughter, do you have anything better to do? That's true. Oh. And to be fair, she didn't have much time to forgive him. I mean, yeah, just saying. <laughs> so, also, when Gregory Peck was the president of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, he tried his hardest to get full-length animated feature films, most notably The Jungle Book, not only nominated for Best Picture Academy Award, but to actually win it. Uh, he resigned as president in 1970 when other members didn't agree with him about animated films being nominated for the, for the award. And it would be over 20 years later before the Academy would reconsider allowing the Disney title Beauty and the Beast to be nominated. Good for you, Gregory Peck. Good for you. I like Gregory Peck. I do, too. Who doesn't like Gregory Peck? Um, I don't know. I had some ricky-ticky-tucky. <laughs> <laughs> right. That one guy that That's, used to stare at him. Yeah. Uh, and also, Ka the Snake, as we discussed a little before, is a completely different character in the film than the original book. In the book, he's a friend and advisor of Mowgli, who, one who rescues him from the monkeys. And in the film, he tries to eat him. Uh, but Disney felt that the audience would not accept the idea of a snake being anything but a villain, which makes Ka the first and only character, voiced by Sterling Holloway, to be a villain, not counting the anti-hero, the Cheshire Cat. So there you go. And quick question, has this been a first viewing for any of us? No. No. I own a copy, well, for my kids, but... Oh, yeah, sure, whatever. I No, I own Disney movies and, and animated films for myself. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hiding that. I just... It was never one that really struck me, so... Uh, now, in the rewatch for the show, did anyone besides me watch the remake... Bless you. Uh, first. got a cold. I watched the remake remake first, yes. I watched the original first because it's been so long since I see it seen it. I wanted to, you know, remember it before I watched the new one. I watched the remake first because I have seen the original so many times that it really didn't matter. Yeah, and I'm interested to see how we all feel about both of them based on our viewing order. All right. I watched the original first. So, I try to always watch everything in order. So we're two for two then, two original and two extra crispy. Because uh, <laughs> after watching the remake and going back and watching this original, one thing struck out to me. Um, Mowgli, yes, it, it stuck out for me. <laughs> Mowgli in the original, kind of a bitch. Yeah, Whoa. he was a he was kind of a whiny little jackass. Like, every time he didn't get his way, he struck out on his own and immediately got in trouble and needed to be rescued. 
But he was raised by wolves. Yeah, wolves. I mean, I was going to say wolves aren't bitches, but about half of them are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's a kind of joke I like. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? We finally found Joel's sweet spot. (laughs) Wolf humor. It's very niche. (laughs) Uh, Keep packing them in. All right. You were saying. I mean, it didn't register with me originally watching it how, like, whiny and kind of irritating Mowgli was. It was definitely irritating. But it's kind of like when you're you're a kid and you're watching the original Star Wars, you don't really realize exactly how whiny Luke Skywalker is until you're an adult and you're like, ah, oh, but I want to borrow the speeder tonight, Uncle Ben. And he just he gets annoyed. <laughs> the animals of the jungle spend almost an hour and a half saving his worthless ass, and he sees his first girl and he bails on them. Yeah, yeah right. First girl defense. singing an awful song, by the way. That was my life was when I was a hot. kid. Wait, what? There were no girls in your life as a kid. What are you talking about? No, but I chased after them. <laughs> as they sang awful songs. <laughs> Those weren't <laughs> girls. Those were rabbits. <laughs> I'm not rabbits. Lenny. All right. No, I won't I won't lie. Mugly in the original one, he was a whiny bitch. And he, uh, honestly, if it wasn't for Baloo and Bagheera... He would have gotten eaten in the first three minutes. I'm amazed the wolves didn't eat him. Eat him right. And, he, and he would have deserved it. Really, right. killed by the jungle, and nothing of value was lost. <laughs> <laughs> now, with this one, if you were to pick out your favorite character out of it, who's your favorite character out of the original? Uh, Baloo, obviously. Baloo. And anyone who says anyone who says differently is wrong. Sheer motherfucking con. Wrong. Lou, King Louie. I could have seen Mike saying that. Yeah, I love that. Okay, that's the best song in the whole thing, his song. I, but I was actually really worried rewatching this, knowing when we go back to Disney movies from the 60s, I, I made a oblique reference to it at the beginning. I was really worried that Louis Prima as King Louis was going to be cringy, and it's like, well, that was from another time. They decided to make the monkey sound like a black dude. I'm just going to sit here feeling really uncomfortable for the next ten minutes, but it was fine. Louis Prima's not black. Wasn't black? No, but that was the thing is uh, a lot of people uh, in modern uh, examinations of this kind of lambasted the characterization because each of the different uh, groups of animals kind of mirrored a different musical style. And even though, of course, Louis Prima was Sicilian, uh, that style was more in the black music of the time. And I didn't find it racist at all. And I'm going to be the first to call out classic Disney for being racist. No, I thought the the monkey scene, the Louis Prima scene... It was fantastic. It was fine. I was just worried that, like, looking at it through a modern lens, it wasn't going to be. <clears throat> so one of the things that's really cool about the the way they animated the uh, King Louis scene, how many of you guys, have you ever seen a, a recording? Did Joel give his favorite? Oh, no, Joel, your favorite. My favorite song? Um, favorite character. Oh, character. Oh, uh it kind of skyped out when you asked. So, is it the monkey? E- no, no. I, th- I think I've always kind of been a Baloo fan. 
So you're in pa- Team Patrick? Yeah. yeah. Yay. <laughs> Yay, that's great. I don't know something about that, that attitude and, you know, and... He's, just fun and, he's fun and lovable. It's kind of the way he's written. Plus, Bare Necessities is a great song. Exactly. It is. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's that's a vote against Shere Khan, as he didn't get his own song. He only gets to sing once. That's right. So um, right, you were saying? Oh, I was saying the uh, one of the cool things that they did in the uh, King Louis scene is if you've ever seen a video of Louis Prima um, performing, one of the things that him and his band would regularly do now. Keely Smith was kind of like the 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 straight man of the band. She would sing along with him, and she was kind of like putting up with his shit through the entire thing because Louis Primo was known as being this crazy performer, uh, really outlandish, really charismatic. And they would actually march down. The whole band would get up and start walking around the club and go in between the uh, – the tables and play their music and sing like that. And they actually, the scene where they're marching around, all the monkeys are following King Louis around is a throwback to his band playing in, in the way they play in the clubs. So there you go. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. In the, uh, did you know that uh, Louis Prima was actually second choice for King Louis? What? Indeed. Mm-hmm. Originally, uh, when they were first putting uh, the Jungle Book together, they wanted Louis Armstrong. <clears throat> Trying to imagine that. I mean, I could see the voice, but... I could uh, see it being good. It would have been a very different portrayal, of course. Yeah. Right. And, well, and it would have played up to the people's, you know, commentary on the different classes and the race thing. Well, And I think that was one of the reasons why the producers kind of backed off of that idea. Now they should have made uh, Louis, Louis Armstrong. He should have been Shere Khan. I'm just kidding. That's, yeah. that's not true. Yeah. Looking at the uh, King Louis actually has his own uh, Wikipedia article. And it says that uh, initially the producers considered Louis Armstrong for the role, uh, uh, but confirming my suspicions to avoid the likely controversy that would result from casting a uh, famous black person to voice an ape, they instead chose Prima. Which, good move on both points. Yeah, and out of character for Disney of the time, if they have, like <laughs> Peter Pan. Uh, uh, 1946, Song of the South. Yeah. I don't get it. What about Song of the South? Was it 46? <laughs> it wasn't that old. No. It was I'll, later I'm going to say the, the Crows from... Um, Oh yeah, Dumbo. from Dumbo. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, it was 1946. Holy crap! So was what, it? That's what it says here. 1946 musical. Anyway, on the crazy. Page. That's crazy. Anyway, yeah. Moving crazy. on. We're not talking about that ever. <laughs> so, Patrick. Yes. Favorite scene. Favorite portion of the movie. Oh, they're gonna make us think. I can. No, it's pretty easy for me. It, it's it's the. Um, I want to be like you, dancing. Oh, yeah! That whole that that whole scene is just so good. And it's that a great is a- song. I mean, like, like I said, uh, Baloo is my favorite character overall. But I mean, there's no there's no doubt that that's the best scene in my mind in the whole movie. All the monkeys dancing around and everything, and and the song itself, and just the whole, you know, everything behind it. It's it's. I think it's the best scene, best, best drawn, best choreographed, and best song. Nice. And when Baloo comes out with a wig on and yeah, and the coconuts, <laughs> the coconuts. yeah, yeah, that's I mean, a tough I, one to top. 
Yeah, I think I have to agree with that. I mean, there's some other little bits that I like, but I mean, that one just overall. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that if if you say so, if you say to somebody like just outside of the four of us, you know, Jungle Book, first thing that pops in your mind, it's going to be on Wanna Be Like You. Or Bare Necessities. Or Bare Necessities. Those are the two top, you know, that's what everybody remembers out of that one. No one really remembers Kaz Trust in Me too much, even though that was kind of creepy. But uh, <laughs> Right, but it, or, it's not a memorable song like that one. And, and it had a, a, a great cover in the movie Swingers, too, with Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Yeah, they did. Um, As an adult, I do appreciate the four-mop top vultures with the Liverpool accents. Yes. Yeah. Originally, I forgot about that part. Now, yeah. now the, the story behind that is, is that those were written specifically for the Beatles. Yep. They went to the Beatles and said, hey, we'd love you to be in this movie. And uh, uh, John said, uh, no, thank you, and told him to go get Elvis. So <laughs> they, they now we're getting him for Rockadoodle. Yeah. They changed it over, and um, they found some impersonators for it, and changed the ending song. It was supposed to be a Beatles-type song, but then they turned it into a barbershop quartet after the Beatles said no. But I wouldn't have called that a barbershop quartet. I wouldn't have called that a barbershop quartet, though. Well, it wasn't really a Beatles-style harmony. They had to do something with four voices, and I'd say they probably split the difference. You split this difference. What? Ricketicketicky. <laughs> <sighs> Man. Joel, your favorite part. I agree. I agreed with Patrick. Because Patrick and I apparently agree with each other on this film. Yep. We apparently had the same experience watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, Just he saw it when he was like 30 and I saw it when I was 8. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a, here's a question for you. <laughs> on the scale of Disney movies... Where does this rank for you? Oh, oh, it, it's it's uh, not not in my top ten. I don't think. What? I think I'm with Joel. Like I don't dislike it, but it's firmly middle of the pack for me. What would you? What's okay in your in your mind? What's better than what would be in the top ten for you, Joel? Uh, well, Aladdin's my number one. So okay, the entire top ten. No, I'm I, just I don't know one. that I have an actual well, top yeah, ten. Just I'm just give saying me, it give me one. Little, that's, Mer- Little Mermaid is better. Well, okay. What about okay? Let's let's change it around. What about the classic ones? Oh, let's say pre nineteen eighty three when everything got shitty. What? Well, yeah, I think I take umbrage at that. Uh, but just the animated stuff then from yeah. prior to when Little Mermaid happened. Well, Little Mermaid basically? didn't happen in eighty three. No, but uh, We're just know, saying, like, well, like, are we talking live action crossover? No, just animated. Fully animated. Yeah. Fully animated. Fully animated. Uh, I'm trying to make sure Matt doesn't say Song of the South. <laughs> no, Sword in the Stone, I had to. I, I go with that one. But I, yeah. Like you said, it wasn't popular. No. But I like that more. But I like that story much more. Well, as a kid, I mean, I was a big fan of the Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it since then, but I think... Uh, I might have to say Fox and the Hound, even though it always makes my heart break every time I watch it. Yeah, looking back at the old ones, like I was a big fan of 101 Dalmatians, the Aristocats. Wait, when, when did when did uh, American Tale come out? That's not Disney. That's not Disney. That's All right, well, then never mind. What's the name? 
What about the and Godfather? Fox and the Hound is right on that. Is, is the Godfather on this list? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, dickhole. <laughs> that had a great song in it. it went, I was just trying to think of what animated movies I liked in college. That's all. Well, I also was, uh, well, Robin Hood, yeah. I said that. And then Fox and the Hound. What was the other one that I saw here? Uh, the Great Mouse Detective. Oh, that, well, that was eighty. That was late eighties too. I swear there was another one, but now I don't know. Steamboat Willie. <laughs> you know, I don't know that I've seen. I've seen Sword in the Stone in a long time. I've been holding out long enough. No. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, okay. Hundred One Dalmatians. That's another one that I really like. So from 1950, we're talking the old ones. We've got Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, Sword in the Stone, The Jungle Book, The Aristocats, Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh, The Rescuers, Fox and the Hound, Black Cauldron, Great Mouse Detective. They're sort of a clear break uh, before and after Who Framed Roger Rabbit in the late 80s. Yeah, because then you start getting... Who did Black Cauldron, Oliver and Company, and yeah. Hmm. I- I'm still sticking with my original. Lady and the Tramp was awesome, too. When was the Black Hole made? That was 81, and that wasn't animated. That's true, not animated. Forgot. I mean... All right. I think we've derailed here. What about... <laughs> yes, we, we totally... We what thought we were talking about Jungle Book. Raging Bull. <laughs> I like Raging Bull. Was that animated... <laughs> And of course, they're the ones from the '40s: Bambi, Dumbo, Fantasia, Pinocchio, and Snow White. Right. Dumbo always blows my mind because it's so incredibly short. It's like an hour and ten minutes or something, and it just feels like it's super short. Yeah, but it's Jungle Book. Yeah, I was going to say it feels like one of the ones from the '60s and '70s, and it blows my mind that Dumbo was 1941. Disney's ahead of his time, man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's for damn sure. So, on watching this for the longest, you know, after a while. First reaction, I mean, do you guys still like this one? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a timeless story. I mean, it's been told, as we found out earlier, several times, several different ways. And everybody has their take on it because everybody likes that fish out of water, you know, sort of story that they've adapted a hundred times over in different formats. But this one kind of was one of the earliest examples of it. And I think one of the things that I, I really enjoy about it is is the animation. I mean, it's all that old school hand-drawn cell-by-cell animation. And it just, it has a totally different feel to it than the stuff today in that regards alone. I do miss a, a, like cell-shaded original hand-painted cells. I mean, I appreciate the ability to make a make an animated movie using the computers and being able to do all that. But I mean, I there's just... A, a feel well, it's like, of it that's missing. It's like vinyl versus CD. You know, they're both great formats, but they feel different when you listen to them. And only one can take a needle, just like Scott Weiland. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, that was dark. Wow, <laughs> I was trying to come up with a heroin joke. You beat me to it. So to answer your question, Mike, despite the fact that I found Mowgli completely worthless in a rewatch, the animal characters were charming enough that, yes, I still like it. Cool. Well, even Shere Khan, I mean, it's is is charming in his own evil way. Shere Khan's a badass. He was even a badass when they when they turned this into uh, Tailspin. He should have fought Scar. And I think that's the reason that I like him so much is he is refined, he's elegant, and he's feared. 
Yeah. I think in... Um, and in, he's logical. There's reasons why he wants to kill the... He doesn't just want blood for no reason. That's, sure, yeah. His motives are actually... Is actually pro the jungle. I mean, he's trying to protect the other jungle people from potentially being murdered by man. Yeah. And, and he's, and he actually has a good reason. Cause he's like, look at this guy can barely, he can barely handle himself. I mean, if it wasn't for the other two, he'd be dead already. We'll let this guy run free. Well, I mean, that's and, interesting. And kind of the undertone of that is, you know, he's like, that's not the law of the jungle. It's like, we don't let the weak survive. I never thought about it from his perspective, but he's actually makes a lot of good points. Yeah. I mean, it sucks for the human, but... I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says Shere Khan did nothing wrong. <laughs> Shere Khan I would wear right. that. <laughs> I'm all over it. Come over to the dark side, Joel. Off of Team Baloo and onto Team Khan. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the back it says 40 going on 14. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, well, <laughs> that's interesting, though, because you, you think about it when you watch the film, especially as a kid, you don't see it in that perspective. You're just seeing this as this the tiger's evil. So you root for the boy and the, the bear and the panther. But in reality, it's kind of, that's kind of a tricky. This yeah. movie's tricky. been whitewashed. The kid's kind of whiny and the tiger has a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, weird. eat that damn kid already. <laughs> My mind is blown a little bit, man. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. Does anyone have anything else to say about the original before I the feel break? Like Pat, when he realizes that he looks like his dad in the mirror. <laughs> Right, I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> no, I'm no, you're good. Not. I think I'm good. Yeah. Pat, anything, any commentary? I was always a, was always a big fan of this movie, I, um, and it was fun to go back and watch it. I haven't seen it in many, many years, and I'm glad that it, it mostly stood up, especially you know, especially the musical scenes. Yeah. I think that's, that's honestly, with, my, with mine, the most charming thing about this movie is the music. With the exception of that last song that, that the, the woman sings, like if... Like she, she, she's singing all about how oh my life is gonna suck. It's gonna be all about baking and cooking for pe- other people, and I'm gonna live a life of servitude. And he's all like, "Oh, that sounds great. I'm gonna go get me some of that." Bye. <laughs> See you later. That would definitely be the oh yeah, it's another time yep. moment <laughs> in this. All Although right. she was cast at the uh, last second. Um. I was reading about this earlier. A child actress, Darlene Carr, was going around singing in the studio when composers, the Sherman Brothers, asked her to record a demo of the song My Own Home. Uh, Her performance impressed Disney enough that they cast her on the spot as the human girl at the end. Hmm. Hmm. And that she probably had a mother that was just marching her up and down the hallway just waiting for somebody to hear her singing. (laughs) This is a Disney studio. Just keep singing. Sorry, was that... that I don't know uh, what that was. What? Huh? What? <laughs> I, I think that was a signal. We need to go to break. And Where am I? <laughs> Get Joel, off my lawn. Joel, take us to break. And? Play us off, keyboard cat. <laughs> All right, we are back, and uh, we are going to talk about the 2016, uh, I don't know if you can really call it a remake. That's a live-action reinterpretation. Reinterpretation, I like that better, of The Jungle Book. This time, uh, you know, I am... It's personal. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> After a threat from the tiger Shere Khan forces him to flee the jungle, a man-cub named Mowgli embarks on a journey of self-discovery with the help of Panther Bagheera and the free-spirited bear Baloo. Rochelle, Rochelle. <laughs> from Milan to Minsk. A boy's journey from Alaska. So uh, this one's directed by John Favreau, known for doing pretty much everything coming out of Marvel. He's so money. Yeah, swingers in the uh, Iron Man movies, basically. Yeah. And he did something called Chef, Patrick. I think it's a like great that. movie. Yep. Had seen it. Oh. Okay. If if you're basically that that movie tells you if you op- if you're a chef and you open up a food truck, beautiful women and people will follow you everywhere you go and it's just that easy. So he's the one to blame. <laughs> <laughs> Every chef can get married to Salma Hayek, you know, pretty easily and all you got to do is, you know, put hey, we're at this corner on Twitter and you'll have a line 100 people long every night. It's that easy. Oh, no Isn't shit. that the way it works? That is 100% not how it worked. Okay. <laughs> so before we get any darker than this, the, uh, it was written by <laughs> Justin Marks, known for such classics as Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. I have Your son's in jail. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in a while. Yeah, let, now you have. Yep. Apparently. And uh, based on the books by Rudy Kipling... But, um, okay, so this round, Mowgli's a little bit more independent, a little bit more brash, a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more what? Not a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely more uh, able to handle himself. In general, all of the characters are more competent. Their motivations are better explained. Yeah. I may be giving away. I'm a fan. <laughs> no, you're not. You're a man. He is a fan. I want to be like you, kid. All right. So <laughs> Mowgli's by Neil Sifi, Bill Murray's Baloo, Ben Kingsley as Bagheera, Idris Elba pulling an amazing Shere Khan, uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Rashika, Scarlett Johansson as Ka, Giancarlo Esposito as Aquila, Christopher Walken as King Louis, and Gary Shandling as Iki. Rest in peace. Yes, this was his last movie. That's part of the trivia on this one. Hail Hydra. So, (laughs) (laughs) some trivia. I got that reference. (laughs) Very good, Patrick. So did most of our listenership. I hope. Uh, Amid the treasures in King Louis' temple, one of them happens to be Genie's Lamp from Aladdin. What? Which probably would have been really hard to see, considering there was so much stuff. Actually, I thought they kind of focused in on it. Like as a wink and a nod, if you were paying attention. Ah, uh, obviously hey, I wasn't. Hey. Yeah, I was. Well, I didn't. I didn't see it. So, um, but actor Neil Sethi said that since he, had, since he had never actually worked with real animals on set during filming, uh, director John Favreau would on occasion stand in for where the animals would be present, most notably as Shere Khan lunging out from the tall grass. So, if you can imagine. Being that is out. pretty frightening, imagining John Favreau. That's what I was saying. Not the tiger, but John being attacked by a wild John, John Favreau. <laughs> You're so money. <laughs> <laughs> and 
This is also the first time that Ka the snake is portrayed as female rather than a male. John Favreau said that the change was deliberate, and he felt there were too many male characters in the Jungle Book. The change to Ka is almost a seductive temptress-type character, especially if you stayed through the credits to listen to Scarlett Johansson's take on Trust in Me. Yeah, I, did. I thought it was a very strong one. Yeah, well, this However, is, her this role is was where we minor. differ. <laughs> I didn't think that she... We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Let's finish with the trivia. Ben Kingsley trivia. described Bagheera as a military character. He's probably a colonel. He is instantly recognizable by the way he talks, how he acts, and what his ethical code is which I agree with. Bagheera definitely had a character. You know, he almost, he did seem military in it. Uh, it's also, like I said, Gary Shandling's final film and released less than a month after he died of a heart attack. And right before you meet King Louie, Mowgli finds a cowbell in the Monkey Palace, proceeds to yep. pick it up and shake it, causing King Louie to appear. That's a nice little touch. I missed that. Yeah. It needs more a cowbell. All right. I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this one, but I think this would have done a lot better without any music. The music you know, was so minimal, though. Yeah, it was very... They took the songs that people needed to hear, and I definitely think that not having trust in me in the actual action of the film, that would have been one song too many. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, but I'm glad I got to hear it at the end. It was a cool interpretation, especially as almost a Bond. Uh, yeah, it like, was almost like a Bond opening credits thing, but it was played for the closing credits. Yeah, yeah. I just think that they would have done better keeping it with Mowgli's adventure and the comedy. It almost seemed to me that the mu- the songs were really shoehorned in for the fact that they felt it, they. Well, it's the Jungle Book. You have to hear Trust in Me. You have to hear Want to Be Like You. And you have to hear um, Bare Necessities. But I think especially with uh, King the King Louis scene, Christopher Walken, while, I mean, I think when he wants to, you know, sing, like we like we did back in the uh, the Hairspray show, he can do some great stuff. But I just think this was, like, forced in so much that I... It took me out of the movie. I don't know. I, I It seemed like they wanted to split the difference between Disney's animated take and the original Kipling concepts. I mean, Favreau definitely took this in a much darker, truer to the source direction. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he was willing to completely discard what people remembered and what their associations with the Jungle Book are. And I think the balance was struck very nicely, and it's the reason why it held on to the top of the box office for practically the entire spring this year. Yeah, I just think that, like, especially with the King Louis scene, I mean, in the original King Louis, you've got Louis Prima being crazy, being, you know, you've got that song going on. This one, ooh, King Louis was terrifying. <laughs> he had this combination of King Kong and Mafia Don, uh-huh. which is awesome because, I mean, Louis Prima Sicilian, you've got uh, – I'm not sure if Walken is actually Sicilian, but he frequently plays Sicilian. Okay. So I, I, I was like, this is a crazy different take on it, and then he starts singing. And for me, it actually still worked. I don't know. I, I, I got taken out of it. What about you, Pat? 
Um, as far as this particular scene, I thought it was interesting that uh, what I considered the best scene in the first movie was what I consider easily the worst scene in the in the remake. The old, that I think the whole Louis scene was the only scene that didn't really fit with the rest of the movie. Okay, so this time Pat and I are on the same side on this one. Well, I just they- I didn't understand the, ne- the the need to make him so gigantic, almost King Kong-like. That was completely unnecessary and completely took me out of the entire scene the entire time. I'm just like, why is this orangutan so goddamn big? <laughs> I, think, I couldn't stop thinking about it the entire I think time. The point there is if you've got a realistic-looking panther and a realistic-ish-looking bear and you've got a normal-sized orangutan, it's like, why are they running? Just kill him. Oh, no. I don't. I don't disagree that he should be big. He didn't need to be that fucking big. It was. Uh-huh. It was. It was ridiculous, and it was like the whole chase scene was ridiculous because I'm like, if you're that giant, you know not to go running through your own pillars and tearing them up. You know, it just you well, have, you've got minions. That's what you use them for. I just it, it felt very that- Hollywood that whole the whole Louis scene this time. It, it honestly was. I seriously think it was the worst part of the movie. I thought the movie would have been much better if they had redone that in a completely different way. His butt was stuck to the the, the pavement stuff. He, I don't think he'd gotten up in a long time. Incidentally, Christopher Walken is Scottish and German. Okay, so not Sicilian. He just plays one on TV. Yes. So he's so he's Germish. He's yes. I don't know. My expectations were super high for this already, and when I watched it, they were exceeded. Yeah, I really liked this movie other than the whole Louis scene. See, my expectations were actually kind of low. Not not because I don't trust John Favreau's ability to, to tell a story. I just was very kind of like, okay, we're going to have singing animals. It's not a comedy or a, you know, a, a woohoo kind of fun kids movie. This is could be potentially with the way it looked, a very kind of darker, more serious take on it, not like gritty, but you know, a bit more realistic, and I was pleasantly yeah. surprised. If it was a little more realistic, they would have eaten Mowgli when he was an infant. <laughs> Possibly. Gray, the little wolf, was killing me, dude. Like, my, my eyes were practically, like, welling up every time he talked. Oh, Gray was awesome. Like, when Mowgli was there with the fire, and he always was scared and wouldn't approach him. Like- yeah, like, the, the whole time, like, he was just adorable, I mean, all these characters were really fleshed out very well, despite being CGI animals. Right. And that's the thing that I kind of lost myself in at some point. So I was like, wait a minute, I'm watching CGI animals. And I appreciated how in the original, they had both the element of fire as a very minor thing that was important at the end. And Shere Khan doesn't show up until three quarters of the way through. And in this, both fire and the threat of Shere Khan are established and reinforced from the beginning throughout the entire plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when he murdered that one wolf, man, that came out. Holy of shit! <laughs> know, well, that's right? what I mean. Is is it was a darker take on a on a kid's story, but yet there was still the singing and there was still talking animals. But you kind of lost yourself in that fact as it went on. Once you allowed yourself to, you know, buy into the whole thing. I, and it's, oh, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, I thought honestly, Idris Elba did great, great with the voice. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you've already, he's already. I mean, with uh, Zootopia, he was also played the chief. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but he played Chief Bogo in uh, 
in Zootopia, and he's Hemdall in Thor. And the man can do no <laughs> wrong. Buy one, get one. <laughs> I was thinking that too, Pat. If you've uh, seen his original show, uh, Luther, he's awesome. Oh, Luther! I forgot about him being in Luther. Yeah, he's the lead in Luther, and of yeah. course, he was in Oh, Giant Robots Fighting Cthulhu Monsters. Pacific Rim. Pacific yeah. Rim. Well, he's done a lot. Yeah, he's he's became quite the consummate actor of our time lately. Yeah, the man can do no wrong. Is he going to be in Pacific Rim too? No, because he's dead. Never mind. We'll see what happens in um, Gunslinger. Yeah, I was going to say he's uh, leading the Dark Tower. Oh, yeah, Dark Tower. I couldn't think of the name of it. I could just think of the Gunslinger. I hope that's going to be good too. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought Idris did a, Idris Elba did a great job with the voice. I mean, his mm-hmm. uh, just good stuff. Bill Murray's Baloo. What I thought was really cool is we only see him as a layabout because Bagheera tells us he is one in the original, mm-hmm. and he's sort of like his song, I guess, reinforces that. But we get to see him as this lazy con man, which I thought was an awesome take on the character. Mm-hmm. You don't even hibernate. I take long naps. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when the little animals come out. He's got another one up there. Oh, is it a monkey? You got another monkey? No, it's not a monkey. It's a man cub. It's a man cub. And when 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 Baloo turns, and goes. You have no idea how close to being what what is how close he's been to being endangered. You are right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, he had some great lines. Also, I mean, and the whole you know getting the honey down thing was good. And his. You know, I, he he played Bill. If Bill Murray was a bear, you know there he is. Right, Bill Murray. That's the kind of par- character that Bill Murray just excels at. Yeah. So it was a good casting choice. The charismatic layabout. Right. I'm. I just had a thought. I'm trying to imagine. Well, I, was, this poor- I, was, I was talking to myself. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I was just trying to imagine this poor kid acting with <laughs> CGI animals. Because that's really all he had to work with the entire film. Just a bunch of green screens and. And tennis balls on sticks and stuff. And well, people in in the costumes probably at some point, you know, yeah. the little um, they they actually did have um, people in costumes out doing it that were actually made by uh, Jim Henson's puppets. So, but I mean, think about what that must have taken for a kid that age to be able to. I mean, I guess he's got the you know the young kid's imagination, but that and he made it believable. That was the other thing. I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, originally, I was kind of thinking, again, you've got the animal characters are the best part. So he was sort of the weakest. But then I rewatched the original. And by comparison, Mowgli is awesome. Yeah. I actually told Pat, uh, Mowgli in this in the remake reminds me of uh, this one of the next door neighbors kids that used to live next to us. His, I'm not joking. The kid's name, given name is Maximus Powers. And we are familiar. Yes. And that kid is just all Mowgli. He reminds you know, just like, hey, what are we doing this now? Now I'm going to climb the tree. Now I'm going to do this. You know, it's like never, <laughs> you know, you made me get stung by bee. Screw you. I'm out of here. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, those must have been female bees. That was, <laughs> but no, good stuff. Now, what about, uh, did you guys have a favorite character outside of Mowgli, you know, in the animals? What was your favorite character in this one? Hmm. 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 I'm still on Team Con. And I'm, I'm still going to have to go with Baloo. Yeah, I think so too, because I can't, I can't think of anybody else that really stood out that much. So yeah, I'm going to stick with Baloo also. Come on, Joel. Come on over to the other side. Sheer Con nope. did nothing wrong. 
go into the into the cave where the where, where the guy was trying to hole up. So he did initiate that first contact. Tigers belong in caves. Humans don't. Besides, who dresses their kid in an orange diaper that still fits him when he's like twelve? <laughs> it doesn't fit him. It's 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 no. They were red shorts that turned into a diaper as he got older. Who dresses their baby in red shorts? Shere Khan did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm sold. No. Shere Khan 2020. <laughs> Josh, I'm with you. Shere Khan. Just, I mean, he was. I mean, he was really nasty in this one, and the whole blind eye thing made it even yeah. better. No, they did imagine, a good job. Imagine when they make the sequel, what he's going to look like all burnt up and shit. <laughs> it's zombie Shere Khan. He's not dead. He's coming back. Well, let's talk a little bit about Scarlett Johansson's Ka, because it was such a different oh, I, take. I will where... talk about her Ka all you want. <laughs> I mean, Ka was kind of uh, almost comic relief in the original with the goofy eyes and the lisp. Mm-hmm. But and she the, had this sudden accordion sounds. <clears throat> yeah. She had the subtle menace in this one. Plus, Ka was fucking huge. Yeah. 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 Plot. Well, I mean, you were, you, it was a, a spoiler when he picked up the snake skin at the beginning. I was like, oh, my God, that's going to be a giant snake at some point. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. I, Ka, I don't know, it was to me, it was just like plot exposition snake. Yeah, it just seemed like it was just filling, you know, check that box off, that scene, is all that felt like. Didn't feel like it fit before or after. Well, that's just it. I felt like they could have done more with it because she was such, I mean, it was all of like five minutes of screen time or something, maybe eight minutes. And it, it felt like there was more that could have been done with that. I don't know what, but it just felt like it was shoehorned in, as we mentioned earlier. I don't know. I, I guess I'm alone on this one. I, I was a big fan of the costume. Oh, I didn't, I'm not saying I didn't like it. It just, it just, it felt like they should have done more with the character in this movie. Yes. Well, and there isn't a really good way to reveal his origin through flashback than, I mean, okay, I, I could grant you that through hypnotic snake is a little, like pushing it, but right. there isn't really another way to do it. Hypnotic toad. <laughs> <laughs> All hail hypnotoad. Thank you. No, come back to the con. So, but yeah, no, I mean, it's like I said, I think out of all the, all the scenes with the animals, even, even below the, uh, King Louis scene, I think the sheer, the snake scene was probably the worst. So yep, Louis Sorry, scene was that was a big freaking scary orangutan though. Yeah. He was way, way too big. Well, like, he wasn't an orangutan. He was an Australopithecus. Scale him back. Like, um, he was a real big orange Eden, like eight <laughs> times the size. You want to make him bigger? No. Scale him back eight times, I said. I think it would have been better if they'd actually put uh, Christopher Christopher Walken's face on the monkey. (laughs) No. They they did use facial recognition, uh, uh, facial software, because you could tell a couple times that they were using some of his expressions, especially. What if it was just Christopher Walken and there was no orangutan? Yeah, I would have been down with that. King Louis was just actual Christopher Walken. (laughs) Right. When I'm not not filming movies, this is what I do. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm sitting here confused because I thought Mike said they put bass on him. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought I had this thing with like big speakers on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Those are not very bassy speakers. (laughs) 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 A little better. 
Where is the red well, flower? What made that so funny was I was picturing the face you were making while you were doing that. <laughs> it's probably accurate. Yeah, we know what that face looks like. <laughs> All right. Come in. Now, what do you think about the fact that uh, he didn't go back to the uh, man village? Awesome choice. Not just sequel bait, though it probably does help with the possibility of a sequel. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I called out the original for having him just bail on his buddies um, for the first time he sees a girl. Which, though, as Joel said, is is sadly fairly lifelike. Right. I'm not saying just for me. Doesn't, I'm just saying. You know. Doesn't mean we want to watch it in our movies, but it is fairly lifelike. Right. <laughs> but it's well, definitely, definitely going to be a sequel to this movie. And oh, they're yeah. definitely setting it up. Yeah, it's and already set. It's definitely not dead. Mark my words. Okay. Marked. All right. Thank you. Thank you for marking them. We got anything You're else welcome. we want to say about this one? Uh, I, I was surprised <laughs> how much I enjoyed this movie. Oh. You know, other, other than the King Louis bit. Yeah, I, I mean, really. If you've got Netflix and you haven't seen it, fucking see it. It's really good. Yeah, yeah you're already paying for the subscription. Why not? It is. It is good. It was a lot better than I thought it was. And even though it was entirely filmed in uh, San Diego or Los Angeles or wherever the hell they filmed it, uh, the San Diego. Yeah the the computer graphics that they used to make the jungle are amazingly well done. So yeah, like I said, if 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 I if I didn't know better, just watching it you just really you lose yourself in all of it and i never would have guessed it wasn't at least some of it shot on location somewhere mm-hmm. and I kept wondering why, how he ran around with no shoes on now i know and knowing is half the battle a whale's vagina i don't think that's what it means <laughs> we'll agree to disagree <laughs> you ate the whole wheel of cheese i'm, <laughs> I'm impressed all right so uh what else we got you know here? i don't speak spanish <laughs> All right, so next week... Oh, boy. It's not are... Anchorman. Sorry, don't mean to get everybody... <laughs> like, oh next week, God. we are not talking about Anchorman. We're talking about Star Wars in December. Uh, we're talking about Rogue One, which is going to be debuting just in a few days here. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. By the time that episode comes out, many of you will already have seen it. But since we don't want to go back to the original trilogy, and neither none of us wants to see the prequels again, we're going to do something worse. Yeah. We're going to look at the December classic, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oof. Yeah. Featuring Chewbacca's son, Lumpy. <laughs> and 10 good. minutes of Wookiee language with no subtitles. All right? Yeah. And, uh, God, what's her name from that Diner TV show? Oh, well, B. B. Arthur? B. Yeah. Arthur. Going to get your B. Arthur fix on that. So, yeah, hopefully uh, Rogue One is really good because, uh, yeah, this could be a uh, what they did in December to ruin Star Wars versus uh, some of the best of Star Wars, hopefully. Mm. Transmorphers. (laughs) (laughs) More than meets the eye. So if uh, you'd like to give us a call and uh, declare your allegiance to Team Khan... You can uh, <laughs> give us a call at uh, 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And uh, you like always, you can find our older shows on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And you can find us at LodgeCon 
February 11th, 2017. Remember, we're going to be out in the Bourbon A area uh, of Illinois doing our show and doing some of uh, instant game show trivia, physical challenges, and lip sync battles. Yeah, we really need to tell Brian about that. Yeah. (laughs) As always, uh, we need – you guys can reach out to us at – on Twitter at 40go14 or shoot us an email at uh, 40go14 at gmail.com. Right on. Dot com. It's dot com. All right. So that's it for tonight. And I hope you don't have any giant orangutans in your dreams. Ooh, I want to be like you, kid. I want to walk like you, talk like you. All right. Good night, folks. Good night, everybody. I'm hot, you're cold, you're young, and I'm old. (laughs) No, but you got to do it in the robot's voice. That would break Pat. (laughs) See, he's thinking about it and he's breaking. I'm hot, you're cold, and you're I'm old. Zap it up and do that day, Pat. <laughs>